Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. What does the Bible say about sanctification? This is part two in our series. In part one, we looked at the definition of sanctification, what the Bible teaches about what sanctification is. And now in parts two through four, we're going to look at different... um, you can call them elements of sanctification or kinds of sanctification. There's kind of a unity through them all, and yet uh, they do need to be distinguished. And so this first one in part two, we're going to look at the difference between a, a kind of outward and inward sanctification. We're, we're going to be looking particularly at the outward uh, sanctification that is true of a person if he's truly a member of the covenant. And then in parts three and four, we'll, we'll look at various elements of inward sanctification. So uh, people have also called this outward sanctification uh, like a, a, a covenantal sanctification or a positional sanctification or a, even a kind of cultic sanctification, this sort of thing, uh, this kind of language. The, the idea is that you are uh, holy insofar as you are truly a member of the people of God. And so this uh, is not equated with salvation, though it is in some ways related to it, as we will see. The idea is that it doesn't guarantee salvation, but it is a true setting apart uh, for God that is meant to lead to salvation or be in some ways related uh, to salvation, even if it is not uh, not coextensive uh, with it. So the idea here is that, that there is um, a, a category for sanctification that is related uh, 100% to our salvation, that would be an, an inward, uh, a real sanctification. We'll look at the different parts of that in verse, in uh, parts three and four. But there's also a sense in which a person can be sanctified in a very real sense and yet uh, not be necessarily converted, but being truly a part of the people of God uh, outwardly. Now, this is a, a very important category for us to keep in mind. Uh, this is the category that's part of the basis for why we uh, baptize infants. We recognize that it is possible to, to be in this kind of category, to be set apart for God, to be then uh, doing the things outwardly with the people of God that uh, pertain to holiness and the worship of God, to have a right to all those things. Uh, and yet, um, it's not necessarily commenting on whether or not a person is in fact converted uh, in the heart. And so there'll be there'll be two places that we go to show this uh, in particular, and even just to show that it's using uh, the language of sanctification, uh, and we will we'll show that the significance of the doctrine. Now, um, the first place to go to is uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Now, Hebrews as a book can be very difficult if you don't have this this particular category in your mind, that there is such a thing as a person who is uh, who has a right to all of the blessings in some sense, and yet is not actually converted, the, the right to all of the outward uh, blessings. Um, and it's, uh, particularly, it's a problem if you're a Calvinist and, who, and you believe in the perseverance uh, of the saints. Now, it's not a problem if you just have the category uh, in your mind, but if you don't, um, then this can be, in fact be a problem. Is, is Hebrews 10 teaching that you can lose your salvation? The answer is no. What it's teaching that you can lose is this, this outward uh, uh, category, so to speak, of, of sanctification. And so uh, we'll, we'll see just how far these things go in a number of places in Hebrews. It said very, um, very, very emphatically that there are a number of blessings that someone can have and then fall away. Um, none of these pertain to actual salvation, but uh, one of the things that it says, particularly in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning with verse 29, uh, this is speaking of the punishment that will be given to those who turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And the author says this, of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy 
who has trampled the, the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant, notice, by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. Now here, here the idea is that there is a punishment that is being threatened to a person who would turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ because uh, they, and, and the punishment is greater because they have trampled on the Son of God and counted as common, even that we have a uh, temple language, accounted uh, as common, the, the, the blood of the Son of God by which he was sanctified. Uh, not necessarily, um, not, not speaking about uh, him uh, maybe being sanctified, but, but the blood of Christ by which he was in fact sanctified. And this is contrasted with the punishment that would be uh, received if someone sets aside the law of Moses or uh, going back just a couple of verses earlier, even one, just one verse earlier. So the, so the idea here is that if you set aside the law of Moses, which did happen, it's not an empty threat, it's not hypothetical. If you set aside the law of Moses, then you are punished and it'll be worse for you if you set aside Christ who has sanctified you by his blood. Now, the idea here is that is that then that there is a sense in which a person can be sanctified by the blood of Christ, turn away from him, and therefore receive a greater punishment. Now, again, this is not teaching uh, that a person can lose their salvation. Very clearly, the, the scriptures teach that he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion, that uh, those who whom Christ gives eternal life are in the hands of the Father, and no one can snatch them out of his hands. Um, there is a sense in which for those, uh, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, for all those who are called, they're justified, and those who are justified, they are glorified. And so that, that chain cannot be broken. Uh, and therefore, um, the gift of perseverance is given to those who truly believe. Uh, and yet here, the author to the Hebrews can speak of a sense in which someone can be sanctified by the blood of Christ and then be worthy of a worse punishment than the person who sets aside the law of Moses. Now, how can this be? The answer is because there is a sense in which a person is sanctified by uh, being truly a part of the people of God. If you make a credible profession of your faith and you enter into uh, the covenant community, you have been set apart for God. You, you do worship. You gather together to worship. And in that sense, there is a, a, a doing of things related to holiness. And you have been set apart. You have a right to all the blessings of the covenant in this regard. You have a right to say the Lord's Supper and that sort of thing, the preaching of the word, the worship of God, the singing, the communion of the saints, those kinds of, of blessings. You have a right to those kinds of things. You have before you in the preaching of the word, the, the Lord Jesus Christ publicly displayed as having been crucified. And because of this, all these things, you are sanctified. You are really set apart for God. It is a real thing. And that real thing is going to entail responsibilities. Now, this real thing is not equated to salvation, but nevertheless, it is in fact a real thing. And this is the reason why then it's significant that in 1 Corinthians 7, the Apostle Paul will then describe uh, our children as holy. If there is a child of at least one believer, he is in fact holy. So the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 14, for the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife. Now notice that even there, the idea of a husband being sanctified through his wife uh, because the wife is believing and then vice versa. And the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Not to say salvation is, as, as the Apostle Paul says in verse 16, how do you know wife whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? So here again, there's this distinction. Um, an unbelieving husband is made holy in the sense that he is bearing a true covenantal relationship uh, to his wife and to his children, and therefore is in some ways related to the covenant in the sense of then being set apart for God in, in a way that's different from uh, two people who are, who are unbelievers. And the Apostle Paul then draws the conclusion, otherwise, 
your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. They are in the position of being truly members uh, of the covenant. And because of this, this is the reason why then we baptize uh, children. We recognize that children have the status of outwardly being a part truly of the covenant people of God, and therefore they are to receive the outward marks that that show this very real sanctification that is in fact theirs. Uh, our children have a right to call upon God as their father in this in this regard because they have been set apart for him. We don't have to wait to see whether or not they appear to be truly converted in order to start teaching them to do that. They need to do it right away. There's an obligation for them uh, to do so. Now, this, this outward kind of sanctification or holiness um, carries with it both blessings and responsibilities. And this is really the, the thrust of the scriptures w- w- uh, with regard to these things. Um, the, if something is more set apart for God, then if that thing then becomes unclean by sin and turns away from God, that is a worse thing than something just remaining unclean all the time. Uh, and this is the reason why you know the author to the Hebrews will will say that this, in terms of the 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 warnings or responsibilities, the 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 duties, so to speak, that it is going to be a worse thing for someone who is outwardly holy, who is in this category of being holy and yet turns away uh, from the Lord uh, Jesus Christ. Now, there are also uh, great blessings attached to this as well. As I mentioned, um, there is the worship of God. It's truly yours. Uh, being able to sit under the, the, the preaching of the, of the word and the singing, the communion of the saints. We, you, you benefit from the gifts of others. Uh, you have a, a right to the worship of God. Uh, all these things are real. And they are very real blessings. And even there is a connection between this and salvation in the sense that um, those who are holy, who are set apart for God outwardly, are are in some ways related to those who are uh, truly inwardly set apart. Uh, this is the reason why in the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, it speaks about there being no ordinary possibility of salvation outside of the visible church. The visible church is the people that are that are outwardly set apart for God. And there is a connection between those who are outwardly set apart and those who are inwardly called, who, those who are inwardly uh, holy. Um, it's not to say that they're exactly coextensive, but if you were to if you were to try to look for those who truly have the inward sanctification of the heart, you would want to look uh, among the group that is outwardly set apart for God. Uh, there is a connection between these two things, and so this is an important thing to keep in mind. An important ca- kind of category distinction that we would that we need to, to to bear in mind as we think about holiness, sanctification. Uh, there is a very real sense in which a person is sanctified uh, as he is a truly truly a member of the covenant community, which would include both believers and their children. Uh, but this does not necessarily mean that they are in fact converted in the heart. These two things are distinguished, and yet there is, again, uh, a connection between the two. Now, in parts three and four, we'll look at the different uh, elements, different parts of of the inward sanctification that pertains uh, more exactly to uh, salvation, as we will see. We'll see that um, all of this is a blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even even outward sanctification uh, happens, as, as we see in, in Hebrews chapter 10, through the blood of of the Son of God. And the same is true for the sanctification, uh, which is part of the definition of uh, salvation. So we'll look at that again in parts two and three. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at newcovenantopc.com. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. May God enlighten the eyes of your heart, that through the preached word your eyes may be opened to behold the glory of Christ more and more.